Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Shelf Care Interview, an occasional conversation series where Bookless talks to book people. This Shelf Care Interview is sponsored by Learner. I'm Maggie Reagan, and today I'm talking to Irene Latham and Charles Waters. Irene Latham is the author of many books, including two novels for children, Leaving G's Bend and Don't Feed the Boy. Winner of the 2016 ILA Lee Bennett Hopkins Promising Poet Award, her poetry books for children include Dear Wandering Wildebeest, When the Sun Shines on Antarctica, and the award-winning Can I Touch Your Hair with Charles Waters. Irene lives on a lake in Alabama where she does her best to live her poem every single day. Charles Waters is a children's poet, actor, and the aforementioned co-author of Can I Touch Your Hair. His poems have appeared in various anthologies, including One Minute Till Bedtime and the National Geographic Book of Animal Poetry. Charles performs his one-person show as well as conducts poetry performance and writing workshops for elementary and middle school audiences. He lives in New York City. Their book, Dictionary for a Better World, Poems, Quotes, and Anecdotes from A to Z, illustrated by Merdach Tamini, released earlier last month from the learner imprint Carl Rhoda. Thank you for joining me, Irene and Charles. Oh, so, thank uh, you so much for having us. Oh, no, my pleasure. Uh, let's talk about Dictionary for a Better World. Can you each tell me a little bit about the pieces that make up this gorgeous book and how it all came together? It happened on a snowy Friday in February of 2018. Irene and I had a school that canceled on us, a snow day. We were there for five days, and our fifth day, we had a snowstorm. So we are in a Panera Bread, waiting for our respective flights. When we get an email from our editor, Carol Hins, the editorial director of Learner, rejecting a poetry proposal Irene and I had sent and asked that if we had anything else to send her to please do so. And Irene, in a nanosecond, whipped out her notebook out of her bag, and we started going back and forth on different ideas for books, dictionary being one of them. We submitted yeah. all these ideas, and then that's what happened. They picked dictionary. And I will just add that I think the reason that dictionary kind of popped up in our conversation was because we had just spent this amazing time with these kids. And we were listening to them talk about conversations they were having about race, issues that they had in their class, how they were working together to make it a more inclusive environment. And I think we really were struck by their courage and their honesty. And we kind of wanted to push ourselves, and which is how we ended up choosing to write poems in forms that we had not before experienced, really pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone and just kind of trying to extend the work of Can I Touch Your Hair, which is, of course, about acceptance and inclusivity and meeting people where they are. And kind of what we saw with these kids was it's hard to feel like you're making a difference. And one of the best things that we can do is focus on the changes that we can make in ourselves. And sometimes they may feel very small, but if we're all doing it, then we can make big changes. So um, when we thought about what that looked like, we knew we wanted to include words from others. We're learners. We, we sure don't. We're not experts. And so that's where the quote piece came from. And we wanted to, as I mentioned, to share their honesty and tell about our own lives, relate to them on with experiences that we have had as, as kids. So that's how the nonfiction anecdote piece came in. We wanted to give them something, just something tiny that they could do that wouldn't require anybody's help just the individual reader reading the book. So that's how we were looking at the try it piece of the book as well. 
How do you, as co-writers, approach creating a project like this? With a lot of trust and the miracle of 21st century technology, mm -hmm. Irene and I, as you mentioned in the introduction, I live in New York City and she lives in Alabama. Because of Microsoft Word and Google Docs and emails, we would send ideas back and forth. And through that, the book took shape, both Can I Touch Your Hair and Dictionary for a Better World. So it takes a lot of understanding and respect of each other and not being too hard on ourselves and not feeling like we're measuring up for each other as writing partners. And that's, at least that's been my experience uh, working with Irene. Yeah, I would I would echo that. And Charles just pointed out to me uh, yesterday that we have just passed the five-year mark from when we started working together on Can I Touch Your Hair? And it's just kind of shocking because our friendship has just really become such an important part of my life. And we're working on another big project together. So it's almost like I, I, it's hard for me to remember what life was like before I was collaborating with Charles. But then now that it's been five years, it just feels like, wow, really? It's been five years? So it's been a, a life-changing experience. I never, as an introverted person who tends to be pretty solitary, I never imagined that I would be willing to collaborate with someone and that I would enjoy it so much and that it would add so much meaning to the experience of bringing a book into the world. What inspires you as creators? Oh, everything. <laughs> the view outside my window, what other people are saying behind me, you know, I'm a terrible eavesdropper. Um, I'm often inspired by that. I'm inspired by books, you know, things that I, I just have a lot of curiosities. I think I'm very much driven by trying to answer questions and writing so much is about discovery. And this book was no different, you know, trying to discover what does gratitude mean to me? What is that? What is acceptance in my life? So I think it's, it's about discovery. And so I'm always wanting to address the questions that I have for the world. I agree with that. And I, I think writing and as well as acting, I read this in some interview yesterday, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, because I can't remember who said it, but it was acting is self-examination. And I think writing is the same thing as well. When you're subjective and you're just writing, you're doing what you're supposed to do every day. You're writing. And then once you get a little objectivity, you look at something a couple months later, you'll see sort of like a story being told of, of what you may have been thinking on the day you were writing. And writing and, and acting, for me, has made me more of a self-aware person which is, I think having self-awareness is, is healthy in society. So writing and, and acting makes you look at the world differently. I always say that children's poets are the investigative reporters of our universe, and our universe is a pretty big space. So it's about looking, as Irene said, looking at the world around you in all different shapes and sizes and visuals and just exploring what it means to be human. What role have uh, libraries and schools played in your reading and writing lives? Oh, huge. <laughs> huge. As, um, as an avid reader my whole life long, some of my books have come directly from my reading experience. And as I mentioned, this book had everything to do with a school visit to amazing kids just you know, bearing witness and, and being a part of their lives. And we're so grateful that teachers and librarians have invited us to share that time with kids. And, and Charles and I love to talk about how neither of us had authors visit our schools when we were young. So it's such a full circle kind of thing to kind of to be able to be an author coming into a room. And, you know, who knows? 
where that goes in the future, what future authors are, are sitting in those rooms. It's an honor and a privilege to share the space. And so um, I just, I'm always so filled with gratitude to be able to do it. I didn't have any librarians growing up that really took an, an interest in myself or their, their jobs going through school. Now, it may have been because looking back, I may not have been as interested in what they were trying to teach or they didn't see anything that sparked my interest. And as Irene said, we didn't have authors come to our school for visits. So if that would have happened, I think that would have changed the trajectory of my life a lot sooner, which is why we're both so passionate about author visits. We're both passionate about librarians. I mean, I think librarians, I've said this before, are magical people. They're the gateway to education and reading and writing. And I, I once said something in college to an education major, and I was being silly. I said, so what, she was teaching, she was going to teach uh, kindergarten. And I said, so what are you going to do? Teach them, uh, teach them how to glue things together, being sarcastic. And she said, as honest and as real as anything I've ever heard in my life, she said, no, I'm going to teach them how to read and write. And it shut me up. And this is going on 28 years ago, something like that. But it humbled me, especially the, the more I get into being into reading and, and writing and acting. It's just that they're the educators, librarians in particular, are just wonderful. And I'm so grateful to know them and spend time with them. And they tell me about books and I look them up myself and I read something and I, yeah, I could go on and on. So I apologize for rambling, but I, I'm a big believer in, in librarians and education and, and books. Uh, hooray for librarians and the 811 section of the library, the poetry section. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the Shelf Care interview. The Shelf Care interview was sponsored by Learner, publisher of Dictionary for a Better World, poems, quotes, and anecdotes from A to Z, available now. <laughs> <laughs>